Well, I mean, if you listen to all over, I throw up on myself on a bus. <laughs> Hello, we've all been there. who we are what we do i mean russ is here you could do a whole good evening and welcome to this week's long snapper podcast if you wanted but not going to good good um russ is here i'm here adam pat hello pat hi there i'm enjoying russ's rick stein goldfish bowl of red wine (laughs) it is it's quite the shape it's it's one of those um whole bottle of wine in a glass glasses oh was there a whole bottle of wine? No, not not tonight. I'm I'm no, I'm gone of my days of drinking a whole bottle of wine on a Tuesday night. I think that's probably not the best thing for me to be doing. Um, well, you know, we're not judging. Like, in during the winter, I mean, during winter lockdown, pre pre trying to be a bit healthier, it was exactly the kind of thing I was doing in the cold winter nights. <laughs> And, you know, it led me to a different lifestyle, should we say. A boy's reformed <laughs> like Josh Gordon. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Top of um, Tyreek Rich, Hill, Kareem Hunt. Rich is here as well. How are you? You've got you've got a very nice looking double IPA. Yeah, I thought 8% was reasonable for a Tuesday evening record. Yeah, yeah. Mostly so. because I forgot we were recording and I've got the Liverpool game on in the background. So you'll get the usual level of attention and focus from Rich. That's perfect. Um, speaking of attention and focus, obviously we'll start with a quiz. Com- coming up in the show, let's do that for a change. We'll, we'll have the Steve Rains anytime touchdown corner bet. Steve, we're trying, I promise you. Um, with <laughs> Some no of success. us more so than others. Hey. <laughs> oh, we're all trying. trying. Just useless. <laughs> Um, we'll do some one sentence reviews of week three we'll chat about some stuff to be determined we'll do some one sentence previews for week four and any other business maybe even things pat hates we'll see how we get on but obviously a quiz first and i have tapped into my anger things i've already mentioned um and it's single figure jersey numbers Uh oh yeah yeah um, I am going to give you, it's a buzzer quiz, buzz in with your name, obviously, you get it wrong, you're frozen out, I think, yeah, you, pretty usual drill, I'm just going to give you team, position, jersey number, and you've got to tell me who it is, there we go, um, I'm Cra- this quiz. Um, Craig, for Craig's benefit, for when he listens, um, I'm not going to explain the rules again, um, I'm going to get straight into it. Right, are we ready? Mm. Sure. <laughs> uh, first up, Tennessee Titans wide receiver number two. Pat. Russell. Pat was first. Julio Jones. Correct, you are on the board first. Okay. Atlanta Falcons, tight end. Russ. Yes, Russ. Carpets. Boom. Wow, interrupting. He's the number eight for the Falcons. Correct. The New York Jets... Wide receiver number eight. Rich. Yes. Sterling Shepard. Russ. Not even the right team. Uh, Russ. <laughs> Corey Davis. No. Oh. Ah, you can have a go. 
Will, is it uh, Braxton Berrios? No, you were wrong. It's, it's larger and more, as Craig might be screaming at his uh, podcast listening device. Um, okay, Seahawks, safety number six. Hmm. <laughs> Rich? Yes. Uh, Jamal Ab- Adams? No. No. Anybody else? Okay, we'll uh, have a pass. It, I think some people might like to forget his existence. He got brutally stiff-armed a couple of weeks ago. Quandre Diggs, that was. And next up, the Bengals, wide receiver number one. Pass. I think... Oh, that was tight. That was tight. I think Pat. Jamar Chase. Fuck off. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Controversy there. All down to internet speeds and lag. Who knows? Who on earth knows? Right, Bucks. What, uh, Bucks running back number seven. Pat. Russ. Pat was definitely first that time. So Lenny boy, Leonard Fournette. It is Leonard Fournette. All right, Buffalo Bills wide receiver number one. Rich. Yes. Stephon Diggs. Incorrect. Oh bollocks! It's not, is it? <laughs> <laughs> he was confident though. I knew exactly who it was until I realised. Did someone else just buzz? I missed it. Did. If not, Pat. Come on, Pat. Is it Manuel Sanders? It is Manuel Sanders. All right. The Baltimore Ravens, linebacker number six. Pat. Yes. Patrick Queen. Correct. Well done. You are storming this at the moment. Five points. Russ is on one. Rich, somewhat predictably, hasn't scored yet. <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars... Safety number five. Pat. Yes. Rudy Ford. It is Rudy Ford. All right. Is there enough questions for us to catch Pat? There is. <laughs> there is. So, yeah, don't don't throw in the towel just yet. All right. Cowboys wide receiver number one. Pat. Russ. Pat again. Cedric Wilson. Correct. This is right on the strata. Team players that have changed to single digit numbers in front of you there, Pat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, 49ers, cornerback number four. Oh, um... oh, I really, I really want you to get this one wrong. Rich, I think it's Emmanuel Mosley, isn't it? Yes, you're on the board. Well done. Dolphins wide receiver number three. Russ. Yes, Russ. Taking Jalen Waddle. No, incorrect. Added on Jalen Waddle as well. Oh, Pat. Yes. It's my favourite Will Fuller V. Yeah, of course it is. Okay, Texans running back number two. Russ. Yes, Russ. Mark Ingram. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Raiders. Sounds annoyed at your own answer. Yeah. <laughs> I think I should be chose two. He's he's Mark Ingram the second, isn't he? I'm, I mean, I'm, yeah. Anyway, Raiders wide receiver number seven. Rich. Rich was first. Is it Ruggs? No. I was going to go Ruggs, now I need to guess one different. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Renfro? No, it's not. Renfro's 14. I would say Renfro's 13. 13. Uh, Russ? Yes. Well, that leaves either... No, it only leaves Edwards. Brian it's Edwards. 89. Uh, yeah, it's not Brian Edwards, it's Zay Jones. Of course it is. 
Well, all right. Bears. He had his head taken off with a clothesline this week. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing at that. Uh, Bears running back number eight. Brass. Yeah. David Montgomery. No. He's 12. <laughs> don't even care anymore. <laughs> should, we just, should we just play the music? I mean, the, there aren't any more. They're just some more questions. It's fine. Pat, you're going to win. I mean, it is, it is funny not getting it right, I must admit. <laughs> um, but did I read? Yeah, that's Damien Williams, if you're wondering. Bears running back. That's absolute shit. Yeah. <laughs> Go on, Russ. I'll give you one more. Saints wide receiver number one. Saints receiver one. Oh, God. Fuck next. Don't know. Don't know. Uh, have some music. Well done. You are... Thank you very much. Incredibly good at that game. Scary. Who was it? Oh, it was Marcus Tra- Callaway. Oh, it was Callaway. Gonna like Traquan Smith or someone like that, but I couldn't get his name out in time. It's a it's a weird one that I think it like either either jersey numbers stick in your head or they don't. Adam, I'm gonna be controversial. I've decided I don't actually care except for tight ends and linebackers. That's a bit strange. Why back, why then? Backs, backs and uh, wide receivers and running backs. I can sort of work out who the hell's playing where, but when it's sort of that mixed in, particularly now we've got more of those like hybrid safety linebacker types, I want I want clarity in that mix and that muddle in the middle. Yeah, I, 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 I still don't like it, and I, and it's not well. It's mostly me being an old man yelling at clouds, but I, I don't I don't. I there was a running back wearing like fourteen in. It might have been Dallas or Philadelphia. I, I don't even know. And it's just, no. What are you doing? I, I like my officials to tell me when there's a legal man downfield and or an illegal formation. So, uh... yeah, that, that's that's fine. But I, I don't, it's not even about that. I'm not going to I'm not going to go. Oh, I'm such a aficionado that I, I want to be able to officiate that sort of nonsense. I don't. It's just what football looks like and what you're used to. Yeah, same. Same if you yeah, were you the were you the same when it was one to eleven and then squad numbers came in. <laughs> yeah, and I think I don't. I Although don't I will say, Adam, I will say at this juncture that when I see like in Serie A or in um, the Bundesliga where you've got a player wearing number seventy-seven oh, for absolutely yeah. no reason or no 90, need for it. ninety-three. Oh, I'm just going to be squad number 93. Well, you really allowed 25 players in there. You know why? Just you're being a prick. The one, the one that has annoyed me is uh, 49ers have got a special teamer running back type. You know, the the ones that only make the team because they're good on special teams, called Trenton Cannon, which is a great name, but he's number 49. Is he a gunner? Oh, that's a good question. Probably. Oh, I hope he has to be a gunner. It's he's the next, been... If he is, it's the next Chuck Long or D-liner, isn't it? <laughs> he's he's a returner as well, but I think he does a number of things on special teams. So I'll, I'll find out for look you, into, Look into that for me, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. And by the way, shout out to the Cleveland Browns, who I didn't realise this until researching this. Um, they don't have 
an erroneous single digit number on their roster. So that has increased my love for the Cleveland Browns from sort of somewhere in the middle to somewhere slightly above the middle. There you go. I was enjoying their classic helmets this week as well. Trenton Cannon is a kick returner and gunner. Excellent. There you go. (laughs) All right, then. Shall we have a go at winning some money? Um, (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Why why not? Went really Um, well last week, after all. We were in we were in line to give a very generous donation if it had come in. Yeah, which means it's even less likely to come in. Obviously, I think we've kind of got three or four right each week, pretty much. And Pat, you're the adjudicator on this, but it, it, it's not like we've had a completely barren week. So last we're on week the right I lines. think was probably the worst, but yeah, no, we've done all right. Last week, last week was the week where you and Ross stopped being perfect, and me and Mark have caught your two and one. Craig at one and two, and Rich yet to get off the mark. Okay, well... That's why I don't gamble very much. <laughs> not successfully. All right, we're going to go... We're going to pick players who are yet to get on the board this week, is what we're going to do, just to make it harder for ourselves, because that's In honor what of we Rich. need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, why don't you start with you, Rich? And who are you going to go well, with? Well, I'm attempting to buck the trend by going for a man who scored a lot of touchdowns last year. It's Jonathan Taylor. Okay, it's slightly surprising he hasn't got in the end zone yet this year, but heads a good shout, I would think. Um, Pat, what's your pick? I've gone for Chubba Hubbard. He showed out well after uh, Christian McCaffrey went down as uh, Carolina's lead back. I fancy him to get in the end zone this week. Wait, wait, Christian McCaffrey went down. Did did anybody know about that? (laughs) (laughs) On Friday morning? Uh, apparently, spoiler alert! Fucking yeah, hell. A, an injury counts as a spoiler. Apparently, controversy <laughs> within the the podcast about that. Chuba Hubbard shouts to Carolina for drafting both Chuba Hubbard and Toby Tremble, two of the best names um, in the NFL. <laughs> uh, Russ, why don't you give us your pick? Well, I picked uh, two, and because I'm not entirely sure of what Dalvin Cook's injury designation is going to be, uh, Alexander Matteson showed. A great deal uh, at the weekend. We, I thought he was he was really good. Um, however, because I'm not sure about Dalvin Cook's designation, I'm going to go for OBJ against the Vikings. You say that like he's so much more reliable. <laughs> but well, it's it, it, Vikings. It, yeah, yeah, true yeah. story. <laughs> OBJ, I don't. It's weird how. Such a talent has anyway. That's the well. He's been he he he's he's been quite widely injured, isn't he? And he, he now Landry now Landry is injured as well. He's yeah. now back with Landry that's gone injured. So they've kind of been like ships passing in the night. Yeah, I think it's a good shout. He had a decent comeback week this week, and the Vikings secondary is mm, sort of ropey. So yeah, good shout. Okay, um, I am going to go with. Julio Jones. Um, it's only thanks to the officials, arguably, that he hasn't got a touchdown already. Um, he missed some of the game on Sunday, but for vague reasons, I think especially if AJ Brown's out, which he might be, uh, we'll see quite a lot of him against the Jets. Um, Craig's not here. Craig has picked Sony Michelle for the Rams, who are playing the Cardinals. And Mark is going to go, how have we not mentioned his name? 
in this segment so far this season. Mark's going to go with Mark Andrews. Um, and it's definitely about time he got on the board. So we've got Jonathan Taylor, Julio Jones, Mark Andrews, Odell Beckham, Sonny Michelle, and Chuba Hubbard, or Chuba Hubbard, as I think Joe Buck was pronouncing it. <laughs> Get out. I, I don't know if that's right. I do love how bitter you are that Julio's not scored that touchdown, even though you won comfortably anyway. Oh, I'm actually not. I think, uh, no, of all the bad officiating, that isn't really up there. That's one of those that I think you could, it's the fact that, you know, on-field decision, that was the bit that annoyed me. So, okay, if you, if you're not sure, you stick with the on-field decision (laughs) and it wasn't obvious and they didn't do that. It just, Definitely it's... let it go though, which is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we can, we might come on to officiating uh, if we talk about Definitely the Packers should. 49ers. <laughs> Let's preview some games though first and look back at week three. Um, as always, this podcast we will review every single game and we will preview every single game, just not necessarily at length. Right, one sentence reviews, starting with Carolina 24, Houston 9. C Max gone down, which could put Carolina's three and uh, three and O status to more for like four and one next week. No, that's wrong. Three and one. Fucked it. That that's <laughs> the worst one sentence anything I think I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, I mean but, but leave it. Cool. <laughs> Indianapolis sixteen, Tennessee twenty-five. Poor O-lines all round limited scoring in this game. But Ryan, I'm going to slide here. Oh no, let just, let me just get that first down. Tannehill showed his value to this Titans team. <laughs> Atlanta 17, New York Giants 14. Matt Ryan's 39th career game-winning drive gives Atlanta their first win in eight games. Surely he deserves better than he's getting. LA Chargers 30, Kansas City 24. Chargers win despite offensive penalties, missed extra points, and questionable end-of-game clock management. Pat Mahomes' interception at 24 all really helped them out. Cincinnati 24, Pittsburgh 10. Beautifully belligerent Burrow bursts Big Ben's bubble. Oh, you've you've gone from worst to best, Russ. I love that. Arizona 31, Jacksonville 19. Forget the result for a moment. Agnew's 109-yard kick six was a big highlight. Who doesn't love one of those? Chicago 6, Cleveland 26. A combination of poor O-line play and holding the ball too long led to nine sacks in a miserable first start for Fields. The Browns machine rumbles on. Baltimore 19, Detroit 17. At 13-0, Detroit had conceded 34 straight points since leading at half-time versus Green Bay. They battled back surprisingly well, but the Ravens hung on despite a host of dropped catches. New Orleans, 28. New England, 13. Times have changed. It's 2021. Jameis Winston is going to Foxborough and winning football games, and I, for one, love it. Washington, 21. Buffalo, 43. All the talk pre-season about Washington's stellar defence, and they seem to be struggling. Josh Allen finally got the Bills charging this week. New York Jets 0, Denver 26. Has anyone checked on Craig? (laughs) He's not here. Coincidence? Miami 28, Las Vegas 31. Both sides played this one like they wanted to lose. And Miami won. By which I mean they lost. 
2-1 in an overtime field goal shootout. <laughs> nice. Seattle 17, Minnesota 30. The Vikings showed they were too good to stay winless by coming up with a huge win against the decent-looking Seahawks, even without Dalvin Cook. Tampa Bay 24, LA Rams 34. Prelude to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Green Bay 30, San Francisco 28. San Francisco's office barely got going in the first half, allowing Green Bay to take a 17-0 lead, a lead they couldn't overcome despite a spirited fourth-quarter comeback. And finally, Philadelphia 21, Dallas 41. Honestly, who even knows if either of these teams is any good? Cowboys' offence looks fun, at least, even if it's sometimes because they're giving up strip sack touchdowns. I, th- I think the Cowboys are all right, actually. But... I can't decide. Yeah. I think we'll learn a lot from... They're playing the Panthers this week, which is a sneaky good game. That Yeah, agreed. Well, it is yeah. a sneaky good game, but with C-Mac unavailable, as I was trying to suggest during a really poor one sentence preview or review <laughs> um, that without C-Mac will Darnold still be able to keep that offense moving and I just wonder um, whether they would then be 3-1 and one instead of 3-0 and it um, is they, a lot to put a... on it's a lot to put on a rookie's shoulders you know yeah, Chubba they... Hubbard looked decent but You've got a game plan. Like I, I agree with Russ. I think he's a massive miss. Um, if they it's that safety, move it. It's that safety blanket, and it's not like they've got a an incredible a Kelsey or a Gronk style tight end that can be his his real guy underneath that he can go. Well, to. they've just it's traded not... their tight end away. <laughs> yeah, well, we could talk about that in a minute. Um, it's not like they've got some really reliable stellar receivers you know it it's it's funny that they that the Panthers are 3 and 0 where they are um i mean they've had some quite favorable fixtures i think so they played the jets the saints and the texans well i mean the saints the jets and the texans i mean they played the saints when the saints had all of their coaching staff away with COVID. Is that right? Like, I think so. The, so, and we, and we saw what happened during that game. So you, you can probably write that off. So they've played the Jets and they've played the Texans as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but I, I think, I think Dallas win this comfortably. Cause I don't think that, um, I don't think that the Panthers offer enough on offense. I, yeah. I, I think I you're think... right without CMC. And, and, and who, how many teams have a CMC? You know, it, it's you can't. It's, it's not fair to criticise him for being worse without him. He's a superstar. You know, these 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 things happen, and they're not going to be as good with Hubbard and Freeman. Um, but actually, when he did go down, I thought they, the Panthers still looked decent against Houston. So let's let's see against a, a better team. I actually think the real test for Panthers here is going to be how well their defense can keep Dallas under check. Because even if they lose this one, if they keep Dallas to mid twenties on points, they'll feel good about that defense going forward. Um, and CMC's only out for what appears to be a couple of weeks because they've yeah. not even put him on IR. Yeah. Okay. One thing that 
pricked my interest when uh, Pat reviewed the Chargers Chiefs game. Um, was I just want to talk talk about this. <laughs> yeah, they the sequence towards the end of the game and time management. Uh, this is just a drum I keep beating. Uh, I I know that the Titans did something similar against the Seahawks where it could have cost them. Um, it could have cost the Chargers, but they got away with it. Now, just run down the clock and kick the field goal. This made me genuinely angry. <laughs> I don't know and why. They deserve to lose. Because, angry. Yeah, I'm glad you. I'm glad you agree. It just especially like, as they missed the extra the point. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, that just compounded the whole situation. So even yeah. if they'd gone down the other end, they it would the Chiefs wouldn't have even got a tie. <laughs> no, no. They would have won the game. Like it's it, it's mental. It's madness, and the fact that they had such good field position that it would have been actually, I think, shorter field goal than the extra well, point was. Yeah, but I did though. Like the the kicker, whose name I'm not going to pretend pretend to remember and or pronounce. Vicano, I wanted to say it's like Vicano or something like that. He missed a couple of kicks already in the match. Yeah, but and it just it just stank. It just stank that they didn't trust him to hit it. Yeah. Yeah, but if, even if if you don't if you really don't trust your kicker from that close, hand the ball off and get your running back to fall down before the end zone or something. Just take some more time off the clock. That's a tricky one though because players. Want to score if they get the chance? You've only got <laughs> yeah, I give you time. Tell Gurley. them not to. Jesus, early last season. Yeah, yeah. These these things seem like it's instinctive to score a touchdown. Of course it is, but come on, you know you're facing Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. You know what? And he's they gave him. Of. They gave him 37 seconds, right? Yes, they had no timeouts, but 37 seconds to Mahomes is. It's a decent chunk of time. Like it's not great to most people, but to Mahomes, he can make something happen in that time. And that that hail mary went up at the end, and you're thinking it's. <laughs> I'm almost expecting them to pull it off. And it really wouldn't. It wouldn't have been a shock. I mean, the the Chargers. I suppose they're showing how good they are by getting themselves into that position. I didn't see much of this game, but you know, just Justin Herbert's he. He's the real deal, mate. I th- like as far. I sorry, Rich. I was just going to say no, no, go he, he reminds me. Like when I look at the way that Stafford plays, that and we've talked a lot about quarterbacks. We've talked about um, Lamar and Murray, and you know the difference between black quarterbacks and white quarterbacks, and po- perceived pocket passes and people that run he is very much stand and deliver and he gets it done and i really like watching him play because his thought processes and yes he's behind a decent o-line but his thought processes seem to be all in the right order whereas you watch some of the other quarterbacks rookies and second season and they're still so muddled yeah, well, I don't think any rookies this year have got much to shout about so far. Um, but a couple of second-year guys do. Uh, you, you, Joe Burrow stepping up a bit. Um, he, yeah, the, the Bengals aren't anything like what they were. So I want to talk about the Bengals as well, actually. Um, but yeah, just Justin Herbert. Well, yeah, they could, they could have. He could be them for the next fifteen years. Oh, I, 
I think he's an incredible fight. I mean, I know there were people when he was coming into the draft saying that he was going to be good, but there are a lot of people saying that he was potentially a bust and the Chargers have made a mistake taking him where they took him and all that kind of stuff. He's been brilliant. What I want to know is, do we think that the char- do we think the Chargers are for real? Do we think that they can challenge at the top of that division and deep into the playoffs? Because I'd love to think that's true, and I do have a soft spot for them, but they always seem to have issues at some point that just takes them out of the out of the running. I, I mean, some of us picked them to win the division preseason, so uh, <laughs> certainly some of us think they're the real deal. I think <laughs> the issue with the Chargers is more on the other side of the ball. Last season, they won games. Herbert won games, and, and they won games with um, Eckler, with um, Williams, you know, with Herbert, in spite of conceding lots of points. But they also lost a lot of those close games as well. So they ended up with a very balanced record, but they were sco- they were conceding a lot of points. But I think they're better on defense this year. Not necessarily excellent, but certainly more competent. And actually, 24 points against the Chiefs in Arrowhead is pretty good. Right. And regardless of the game management, they got it done at the end. Didn't they they play Dallas the week before and they kept that in check as well? Yeah, yeah. I'm I think out. it's some, yeah, it was. It was Dallas like 2017 or something. And the week one, they, were, they, played, they played Washington. I can get the internet to actually work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's the thing. I don't, I don't think they're necessarily great on defense, but I think they're competent. They've certainly got some superstar players in there in Bosa and uh, their safety, whose name I've completely blanked on. Derwin James? Yeah, who seems to be a bit of a superstar. Yes, all over the field. So so they started 2016 against Washington, then it was 2017 loss against the Cowboys, and then obviously 30-24 against the Chiefs. I think this week is a really interesting matchup against Vegas, yep. against the Raiders. I think it's a really interesting matchup. Yeah, yeah. I, they, the, the AFC West has been a genuinely intriguing division this year, having been a bit kind of meh other than the Chiefs for the last couple. All four teams look at least competent, at least decent, and I'm loving it. Who had the Broncos 3-0 as well? You know, we talked about the Panthers right. a minute ago. Well, Pat Who... again. Pat was, Pat's been bigging up the Broncos. Well, even and and the Broncos. I mean, we the Broncos lost Judy. They've lost Judy to IR, and Bridgewater is seems to be getting it done. But again, I mean, they again. Let's not get too high on the Broncos. They've beaten the Giants, the Jags, and the Jets. Yeah, the Broncos are that one side that they need to play a, pro- a couple of proper sides to see what they're really made well, of. But they, they've looked good again. You know, you beat what's in front of you. You can. They've got the Ravens. They're playing the Ravens this weekend, and then they've got the Steelers the weekend after. And I just, you know, we'll we'll see in a couple of weeks when I half expect the Broncos to probably be three and two rather than four and one. Yeah, I think if they're anything better than three and two, then we have to assume that they'll actually do something this year. I mean, it's 
It's the same as the Panthers, though. But you can only beat what's in front of you. And you can, but what's been in front of them is the Giants. The Giants. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, get, I, I know, but you, you, the three worst teams in the NFL. Let, let's make no bones about that. They have better strength in depth, I think, than the Panthers, certainly offensively. And that's just as well because they lost KJ Hammer in the last game. So they're down to Colton Sutton and Tim Patrick as their main two receivers, uh, yeah. plus a couple of decent tight ends. So it's starting to get a little bit thin there. Pa- Patrick's been really good, but he's Thanks. been good as that. <laughs> he's been good <laughs> as that, that wide receiver two stroke three option. So he's not. He's not probably got the coverage that he was going to get now because now he's legitimately, you know, him and him and Sutton are both one and two in that offense. Yeah, we might see the return of Kendall Hinton, quarterback extraordinaire. <laughs> God, pretty, the thing is, pretty sure thing we're is, not seeing that. I, I I do want to say that the the one thing that we can say is. While yeah, they've only beaten Dross, they've beaten Dross comfortably. They've not looked in any their, trouble their in any of those looks games. Formidable as well, and I know it's the Jets, but you shut any any team that shuts out another team in the NFL is doing a lot right, regardless. And I like their running backs. They're um, putting a lot of work um, Melvin's way as well, aren't they? Which yeah. is really good. It's good to see him. And he's looking good, but he's only one half of that one-two punch. So they, Javonta Williams, they uh, they drafted him this year, and he's getting pretty much a fifty-fifty split on carries, and both are looking very good. Yeah, which is always an, a useful thing when you have, you know, if one of those running backs has a bad day, you can lean on the other one as well. It feels a bit old school, and I like it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, dipping back into those one census reviews, um, Tampa against the Rams. Russ, you said NFC Championship preview. Legitimate, legitimately, I mean, it could well be. Absolutely, I, 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 we've all, I think, pretty much we've been, we've loved the the Matt Stafford move, and each week I see it, I just, I, I love it even more. It's just that that offense is formidable. And basically, without that much of a running game, I mean, Sonny Michel's looked better. He's he's uh, that's a good trade for them. I see that made so much sense given the injuries. But yeah, that that they are going to take some stopping. And if the that Bucks defense, you could argue, it was a bit embarrassed in the secondary, but that's not a slouchy defense by any means. No, and um, you say embarrassed in the secondary, they're coming up against. But that's because on yeah. fire Cooper Cup, who's who's literally been probably one of the players of the first three rounds. If you if you combine it all together, the amount of yards he's had, receptions, touchdowns, you know the connection that he's got with Stafford, even this early in their, um, even this early in their sort of tenure together. Um, like you mentioned, uh, Michelle Henderson is is now in, in picked up an injury as well, isn't he? Um, but they've got lots, Higby, Woods, and, St- and Stafford. We know Stafford can stand and deliver. A bit right. like, you know, I see, like I said, Justin Herbert, I see him as like a, a younger version of Matt Stafford who can, who can read, read the defense. He can go through progressions and he can pick 
the right pass at the right time. Yes, he's going to make mistakes as they all do, but that Stafford in that round in that Rams offense is incredible. And, and pair that with their defense, mate. They were I, all I, over Brady like a rash. The Rams are the best team in the NFL right now, comfortably for me. And the Rams did that trade to try and win a Super Bowl in the next two years. They everything falls off a cliff three years from now, but they are they they've got so much talent on that roster. The problem with the talent they have is it's all very top heavy. So if they get a rash of four or five injuries across the offense or across the defense, it could all fall apart very quickly. So they've got to hope that they stay more healthy than most teams need to. But yeah. if they can, they absolutely should win the Super Bowl this year. And it, it it shows as you know, as we alluded to, if that's the NFC Championship game, they know they can beat the Bucks. They know they can beat Tom Brady. Um, I don't. Well, neither result obviously would have been a shock in that one, uh, but it's quite a statement. Yeah, I mean, if you can hold Tampa to having their lead rusher as Tom Brady with fourteen yards, you've got a damn good chance of beating. <laughs> The Rams didn't not... exactly set the rushing game alight themselves in this one, but they showed they could win without it, whereas uh, Tampa couldn't keep up. It feels like Tampa's defence has taken a little bit of a step back to me this year, whereas the Rams look, if anything, slightly better. And Sean McVay must be absolutely fucking delighted. He's got a quarterback who understands what he's trying to do and executes it, and also a quarterback who's not trying to bang his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see McVay's reaction um, the Bucks had a field goal just before half time, field goal attempt, and it was pushed wide. Um, McVeigh's celebrating like proper pumped, <laughs> like he's just, I uh, just won the Super Bowl, and I, I, I guess that was a big moment in the game. But but he knows he knows how important that game was for his team as a as a benchmark for how far they can go. So he would have known how important it is, and from a mentality perspective, for his team for the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, they're going to take some stopping, and it's just I don't see I don't see any weaknesses, really, or any right. any significant ones. It's their time, mate. And I ta- and I believe yeah. that I said before the start of the season that Matt Stafford put plug Matt Stafford into that team, and they are an entirely different proposition. And we're now going to see how good Matthew Stafford really is. So, did you put, uh, Craig, did you, put, did you put a bet on with Craig? I can't remember whether I did or not. We'd have to go back through the episode. Maybe we can that, balance that's that. That's not off. happening, is it? Maybe, maybe we can balance that off with the Cristiano Ronaldo bet that we may or may not have had. <laughs> um, okay, speaking of that Matt Stafford trade, Jared Goff obviously went the other way, and the Lions now bit of a weird game. Now quite a phenomenal end with the record-breaking Justin Tucker field goal, which, by the way. The record kick six distance, 109 yards, that's never going to be beaten. But the field goal record in the NFL always sort of struck me as one of those records that was gettable. Um, and uh, even 66 yards, I think that I think we'll see a 70-yard field goal at some point. But that that's phenomenal. And you know with Tucker that there's going to be a chance. And you know he's going to drill it straight. That's the thing with Tucker. Um, and the... 
<laughs> the fact it's come off the bar like that and flown up in the air and then from the angle that you've got, the only way you know is the officials raising their arms. But what a moment. Yeah, it's pretty exceptional. I felt so sorry for the for the Lions in this one because my initial reaction was angry because I thought that um, the previous play should have been called back for um, uh, delay game. Yeah, but yeah. it turns out there was some weird clock shit going on in the stadium. So it was a two seconds after the clock hit zero on the TV screen, but it might actually have got off on time based on what was going on in the stadium. It turns out, uh, but either way, the Lions fought really hard in this, and they looked like a team that deserved to win. Uh, and so to get beaten in that way, where I mean, that's such a I mean, it's an incredible kick, but it's a fluke, right? How many times do you expect to make a 66-yard field goal as time expires that bounces off the crossbar and yeah, goes over? If if that kick's a foot shorter, it goes over the crossbar. It's not a fluke. It's if, it, Once it's hit the bar, it's, it might go over, it might not. But you can't say, yeah, he's drilled it down the middle from 66 yards. I mean, it's a fluke in the, the vast majority of the time, if you're in that situation... And you have to gamble your house on whether they'll make it or not. You probably say not. Yeah, sure, sure. But you know, it's... but also the vast majority of the time you stop a side on fourth and nineteen. Don't let them run up and spike the ball to kick the sixty-six yard field goal. So you know you've got to help yourselves. You gave yourself got yourself in a position to win the game. You didn't do enough to win the game. I watched like they showed a lot of snaps of this game on Red Zone and defensively the lions got to lamar a lot and I, and i don't want to go over the old ground that we went over with regards to lamar being run first versus throw first you know being able to 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 read the progressions lamar is a, an incredible quarterback and you don't always see on the tv coverage what the coverage was like like where where the receivers were I mean, Marquise Brown literally had dicks for fingers. <laughs> well, we, we we said this when we were debating this the other day and comparing him to Kyler Murray. Um, we said, you know, compare the receiving core of the Cardinals with the Ravens. It's not even close. No. And, and I guess what, what the point I'm trying to make is that, like I said, you don't see, you don't always see the coverage. Like they don't show replays of what the, the coverage was like downfield. So you don't know what he is seeing. But it always feels like he is he he is either not slow to read it, but he, he just wants to go. And when he's got that moment of hesitancy where he's thinking, Oh, I need to throw, do I go? That is when he gets he gets caught up. And he got caught a lot by the Lions. I mean, I don't know how many sacks they had or how many even sort of tackles slightly beyond the, the line of scrimmage, but they got to Lamar a lot. I would say that that Lions defensive line looks better than I think people expected it to be because it caused the Niners problems and we've got a decent O-line uh, and, and it might have just been the pressure. They, they just That's where they've put a lot of, of emphasis this year. So yeah. be interested to see how the Ravens do over the next few weeks because I'm sort of a little bit unconvinced by them at the moment. I mean, they, they have just one in Arrowhead. <laughs> I know, I know, and I don't know why I'm not convinced by them. But that I don't that game against it, the line didn't it, it? Just didn't look good. And sometimes you can get up for the big games, but you've got to be able to get up for the the little games as well. 
I also don't think the Chiefs brought a lot of pressure. Maybe. Yeah, they didn't I mean, bring I mean, as much pressure as the Lions did, that's for certain. And I think the Lions looked at it. Like, you see the way the team set themselves up. And you've only got to look at the way, you know, the the Chiefs tried to go at, at the Chargers and the, the way the Chiefs go at every game to back themselves to, to outscore, you know. Defensively, the Chiefs aren't great, let's be honest. They're not, they're not appalling, but they're not great. And they back themselves to beat other teams on offense as opposed to the other way around. So, you know, whereas the Lions, they they have to bring something else. And and in fairness to Goff, and they've got some injuries like on, on offense, he hasn't got a lot like Pittman and Pascal, but he's looked serviceable in what is quite clearly a very much simpler offensive scheme. And he looked fairly comfortable with it. So he maybe maybe there was an element of him not being able to cope with a McVeigh offense relentlessly, but the the defense is what will keep Lions in the game, and it's what has done. I mean, yeah, they shipped forty points against the Niners, but I think it will keep them in more games to give them an opportunity. Yeah, if they're, if they're holding Baltimore to well nineteen points, they're doing something right. Goff has looked more comfortable in a lower pressure situation which you know fair enough i mean he's he's a high draft pick he should be able to cope but you I say guess... that like i i'm the more i watch about about high draft pick qbs more often than not they don't come off right some a small amount do some do i mean you look at let's look at kyler murray you look at um uh where are we well you can go back over the last five years kyler murray who else has come off baker mm, you know still maybe on the fence serviceable 10 mahomes Mahomes, is that that top 10 is mahomes top 10 is he still of 12 or 15 or something i think they moved up 10 for him but but the point but the point remains. Yeah. What about your Josh Rosens, your your Tours, your like your Darnolds, your, your all of these QBs that come Josh into the Allen. league? In, yeah. yeah. Well, you know I mean, Josh <laughs> Allen's a bit of, is a strange case, as we said before, because he take he took two or three years. This is what third season, fourth season, fourth. fourth yeah. I think now, it's yeah. taken. It's taken. Two, it took two years for him to be able to pass a ball, but they stuck with him. And now he's elite. So that's that's where you think, you know, and I haven't been watching this game very long, right? And I guess it ta- it's going to take quarterbacks time to develop into schemes, into being whatever. But the expectation to draft the guy in the, the top five, the top 10, look at Lawrence at the Jags, plug him into a what will be essentially a failing franchise. Otherwise they wouldn't be in that position in the first place. And if your need is a quarterback and you haven't got an O-line to put in behind, then you, you're just taking a land to the slaughter and you just, I mean, you, you only had to watch any of the snaps at um, uh, Cleveland, Chicago on, right. On Sunday. And to see like Justin Fields basically getting killed, like it, it's the expectation on rookie quarterbacks is 
unbelievable. Zach Wilson, another one. Like, oh yeah, he was. He, he looked good here, and they looked good at college, playing against guys their own age a lot of the time. Playing against, you know, it's it just it's just different. You have got people like is Zach Wilson then potentially coming up people against people like Aaron Donald. Like, kid's gonna die. <laughs> it's interesting you say um, Josh Allen is unusual in the few years it's taken to him to develop and reach that peak because I think that should be usual and what's it causing trouble be, yes. is also it expecting should. immediate success for brand new rookie quarterbacks yeah and it that's should that's a great it, point that it great should point. be usual they sh- if if you're going to draft a guy in the top five top ten then you need to invest in him and then build pieces around him because that's where you you know do you get your, your piece there and then get your bureau line i guess there's all sorts of ways of doing it but again you look at some of the quarterbacks that have been drafted in the in the first te- in the top 10 where they've just been discarded after one or two seasons because they got chucked in at the deep end failed miserably because they're either not ready and needed to sit for a bit they um couldn't get to speed with the nfl straight away they were put behind a porous o line and then they realized oh shit yeah actually um, you can't do the job we need you to do. So, you know, why not just, if you're going to draft a rookie quarterback, a bit like, let's use Wilson this year as an example, right? The Jets need to just keep Wilson in there all season. If they end up going 0-16, so, so what? Like, the fans may not like it, but they end up at the top of the, they end up at the top of the draft next year where they could then utilise that number one pick or number two pick or number three pick like they maybe should have done this year to build O-line pieces, to build stuff around Zach Wilson, to protect him, to then build moving forward. And that, I mean, again, I don't know very much, but that seems to me how patiently you build a franchise. The problem is exactly what you've just said. It's patience. There's no patience for the fans. There's no patience from the owners and and from the top down. The expectation is people will win straight away. And and that's the problem right is you you're the vast majority of top five top 10 pick quarterbacks are taken by franchises that are shit as you said and the problem with that is that they don't they always do it front to back rather than you know building from the foundations upwards you do, you need to build from the trenches you need to have a solid o-line and some decent weapons before you bring in your franchise guy but teams aren't willing to lose for two years bring in that guy, uh, bring in all those pieces and then bring in the guy and plug him into a situation to succeed. And the situation to succeed is, is that issue. You look at the guys that have done really well in the league over the last 10 years, more often than not, they sit behind a quality QB for a year or two before they go in. You know, the Aaron Rodgers situation, Tom Brady situation, Patrick Mahomes situation. They're all people that sat there. The, the, uh, the the people that didn't, the ones that succeed, are the ones like at the Bills, where Josh Allen's been given time and given the patience, and just said, you know what, we believe in this kid. He's going to struggle to start with, but we think he can get better. We think he can progress. And everyone last year was saying maybe this is just a one-off year. Is he really the real deal? And he's showing at the start of this season that yeah, he can be. I mean, you look at his performance in the last game. Was it four throwing touchdowns and a, and a rushing touchdown? He's been genuinely decent and, and better than decent. He's he's a top 10 QB now. 
comfortably, having been slated for for two years. Top five. I think, I think at somewhere like Buffalo, you've probably got a better chance because the media aren't quite as intense and it's probably a better coaching setup compared to New York and the Jets, where massive market, biggest, I'm going to make a geography blunder here. I was about <laughs> to say the biggest city in America. I think it might be. And, but, there's so much pressure that comes with that. So the Jets might go 0-17 and, and Wilson will play terribly and they'll have that first pick for next year. And they might go, oh, I don't know about Wilson. We better draft another QB. And they've got nowhere. Yeah, and it starts yeah. again. And, I mean, it, 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 happens, it happened with the Cardinals with Rosen and then they've drafted Kyler Murray and that's kind of worked out for them. But it could easily have not, ha- not have. And... Yeah, teams just can go around in circles and not not get any better. What what you've got to have, you've got to have a bit of nerve. If you believe in your guy, give give him the opportunities. Also, give him a freaking O line and something something else to go. But with. But that's that's on the owners. The owners got to be the person that says, "I don't give a shit that our fan base is going to be pissed off for two three years." I believe in this head coach. I believe in this general manager and I believe that they can put things in the right situation in the long term to get us to win rather than giving someone two years where they're panicking in the second year and desperately throwing everything at the situation rather than doing what's right for the long term of the franchise. Yeah. And um, I mean, the Jets have made some positive steps from moving from Gase to Salah, uh, but the ownership is certainly still an issue there. Right. Um, okay. I, how are we talking about the Jets? Craig isn't even here. What are we doing? <laughs> I mean, in fairness, it was a wider yeah, okay, QB sure. yeah. discussion that we uh, used Wilson as an example of only because they'd scored zero points at the weekend. <laughs> but you could equally, you mentioned Lawrence and you, you talked about Fields and all of them are good QBs or at least good prospects in shitty situations where they're getting killed week in, week out. And all the while, nobody's really talking about Danny Danny Jones, right? Because uh, the, well, we all plenty, know the Giants are shit. Because <laughs> because there's no there's zero expectation. There was no like they the Giants took Danny Jones. What was it ten? No, was it six? They take him six last year. Pretty high year before last. Should I say? This yeah, is the second I mean, year. He, he actually sat behind Eli. Um, Briefly. So yeah, yeah. Felt yeah. yeah. Eli fell apart. Literally, yeah, he did. But that's did. but that's where right, and we laugh, we laugh it. You know, I'm not going to give him his nickname, but we laugh at him to a certain extent because of the situation he finds in, finds himself in. But he is in a pretty much no lose situation there because there's nobody right up his ass waiting to take his job. For one, the Giants seem pretty committed to having him as their guy, and. You know, who knows what direction they're going to go in after the draft next year? Probably a really shit one. But <laughs> but he still appears to be their guy. So that the it's again the levels of expectation. Like if if people's expectations were tempered based on top ten QB draft picks, maybe I think, it's, I think we're would... we're possibly underestimating the effect of New York again when we talk about the Jets and the Giants. There's we think there's. It's easy to look from the outside of a city like that and a big market. Um, we, I think it, with Dallas, it's more obvious. 
and you look there's always that ludicrous expectation but it's definitely there in new york i also i also think that i do appreciate the giants for trying to stick with a guy but that o-line is fucking dreadful and has been for years now and until they invest in that he's not getting any better and when your top two receivers in a game are cj ward and colin johnson both of whom were released by the jaguars you're struggling I mean, anyone called Colin. With two L's. I do like Colin Johnson, actually. I was sadly released him, but it's not a good sign for your team if, if he's your WR1. Has there ever if, been a proper sportsman called Colin? Montgomery. Colin Hendry. <laughs> it does make you wonder where the Giants... It does make you It does make you wonder where the Giants spend their money because their defence isn't even that good either. Right. So it's where all is all their cash going? Where is all their salary cap? <laughs> Like, who are they paying? Saquon. Well, <laughs> Colin Morikawa. Like, they, they're, they're not even paying Saquon, are they? He's, he's got to still be rookie. on a rookie contract. <laughs> Amazing. I couldn't remember how long he'd been in that. Yeah, it's awful. The whole thing's just, it's a dumpster fire. But I think that's part of the problem is maybe they're not spending the salary cap because free agents just won't touch it. Right, let's let's move on. Um, Rich. Can can we briefly go back to how fucking awful you have to be as a head coach to decide that you want to try and kick a sixty-eight yard field goal? <laughs> I mean, that's not that's not going back. That's very much on my agenda. <laughs> Good. Uh, yeah, I mean but... that's ludicrous. A sixty-eight yard field goal. Who in their right mind uh, would attempt see... a sixty-eight yard field goal? I I don't. I mean, sixty-seven. I, I get. <laughs> I thought 66 was ridiculous until he made it just. But that was last week, it's... right? So it wasn't like it was long ago. I don't know. I don't have a problem with this. I just, if you're going to do that, you have to expect that someone's going <laughs> to attempt to return it. You have to right. be ready for it. Uh, right? I enjoyed this from so many angles. I enjoyed how quiet Pat was while he ran around his house celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely freak. accurate um, I enjoyed how excited Scott Hansen got about it I started to believe that he might be a secret Jags fan, it was brilliant, the whole thing was amazing and particularly that it happened against the Cardinals I mean it, it the, ga- the game itself well it was, that was the Jags led at half time so <laughs> you're, you're right to be excited um, uh, the, the result as it, as it turned out is probably as expected, but that's a that's that's signs of life. I mean, it's not like the Jags have just rolled over in a game like that. You know, they're, they're, those sort of plays can just they can ignite your team. They can get everyone everyone going. They can. I mean, that, that if that was later in the game, or the, the timing's different, or something, who knows? It was unexpected how close the defense kept us in the last two games. So things like that can make it, you know, can make you feel like you have a sniff and then you play terribly in the second half and wind up losing again. You know, it's same old, same old, really. But it's not all bad. And I think the game against the Cardinals, like the game against Denver, was closer than I expected and closer than I expected by more than the Denver game was. So, you know, very slight progress in a positive direction. And then we trade our best cornerback for a mediocre tight end and ruin it. What's what's going on? What's going on with that? I don't really know. I th- it feels a bit like unless you are one of the 
coaching staff's hires, they're really hard on you to earn your roster spot. And anyone who's from yeah, but that's the probably twenty percent of the roster pretty quickly ousted. Yeah. So. We- <laughs> I mean, it, it, how long does it take to completely replace a roster? Well, I suppose challenge accepted by the Jags. I mean, it comes down to we've traded the ninth overall pick and a fifth round pick for an undrafted free agent tight end and a third round pick. And yeah, all right, Arnold has punched above that weight. He's only had one season above 150 yards, so it's not that stellar. But it feels like... A tight end of his calibre should be easier to come across than a cornerback of Henderson's calibre. And all right, Henderson hasn't delivered that on the pitch consistently yet, but the potential, I think, is there. So I'd much rather be on the Panthers' end of this trade than the Jaguars' end. That's what oh, 100%. Certain. I You probably got a couple of tight ends that can do that job anyway. I, oh, yeah, I completely agree. They're, I'm not saying they're 10 a penny, but you know, Dan Arnold... Seriously, it's, I don't want to knock a Dan Arnold. He's, he might be a decent. Well, he's a, he had a half decent season last season. But uh, the only positive I can take out of this is it won't confuse commentators with Sam Darnold being on the same team as Dan Arnold anymore. As I grumbled about on Sunday, I seem to remember. <laughs> that's that's the only thing I can I can take. I mean, I, I just don't I don't get that at all. Um, yeah, the 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 Cardinals though look great. Quite frankly, um, very convincing three and zero. NFC West is uh, as as we suspected. That's going to be the toughest division in football. Well, possibly with the AFC West a close second. Um, the Seahawks are one and two, and they're going to uh, Santa Clara this week. <laughs> that's a game they've got to win, right? Yeah, big game. How do you big game? It's 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 something. And Forty Niners could have easily easily got a, a win in, in that game against the Packers. I I, I want to rant about Boga. <laughs> I, I you want to rant? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think just you, you were on the wrong end of the game. I think you're probably on the right end of more ridiculous decisions than you were on the wrong end of them. But it, I, when, a, when an officiating crew can piss both teams off right. in the same game, um, they're not. They're not quite doing their job. It's, it, it's the Mike Dean thing. It, they, it, they want to be noticed. They want. They're just throwing flags just to get attention. And some of those PI calls, there's because there's a tiny bit of contact, or just they think. I don't, I don't know what they're seeing. Just, just let let them play. Well, I I have no issue with egregious um, PI calls. That's fine. But there was minor hand fighting so going on and though. it was both ways as well i mean we we seem to get the worst of it in the first half with those Devonte adams ones that were long long passes because that's what rogers does but re- regardless it felt like the packers fans had just as much reason to grumble as we did um it, it's just it's awful and you had their crew at the titans last week was it no we and you were, uh no that's a different crew we had one? them week one but right. I can't use any. I can't blame. We, we we've had them in the past, and similar. I just think it's every team. It's just on everyone's radar. And once once something like that's in your head, you really notice every mistake that they make. I don't mind losing when we play badly, and we played badly in the first half. But 
it it's just so infuriating when that's compounded by really shitty officiating. Yeah, and I, I, I don't think it doesn't sound like you, you're not using that as an excuse for this oh, game. No. I think you, that's that's not the take here. It's we just it's frustrating as a, as a neutral seeing that. It's frustrating when your team's on the wrong end of it. And and it's stuff it's stuff that you think would be easy to get right in a lot of cases. If if we'd been on the wrong end of all of the decisions and that had been the reason for the loss, I'd be furious about that. But that wasn't the reason for the loss. We just couldn't get it going in the first half. What infuriated me was more just it ruined what was actually a really entertaining, really exciting game with the back back and forward in it. Yeah. I think there's two problems here. Generally across the league, there seems to be a lot of flags this season. It seems to be fairly sensitive to a point at which it's making the games less enjoyable to watch. And it's kind of reminiscent of when VAR first came in and they were checking everything and breaking up the flow of the game and really making it, you know, a, a poorer experience as a sport in general for anyone, fans and um, neutrals alike. The second issue, I think, is more around things aren't being applied consistently, both between referee and crews and within a single game itself. So there was a number of DPI-esque sort of calls this week where the defender jumped into the guy, the receiver without looking back for the ball, cleaned him out. Those were given a lot last week. There was five or six different instances of not being given this week. And if you don't give those consistently, it's impossible for the defenders and the fans to really understand how they should be delivering in a game and taunting I think is just as bad so there was a an incident in the Chiefs game where Sorensen defended a pass in the corner of the end zone got up and flexed at the wide receiver on the ground that's been given 95% of the time this season and whilst I don't agree with it if you're going to give it 95% of the time give it against the Chiefs as well Taunting annoys me. I mean, the actual act of taunting irritates me anyway because players are far too chippy, particularly the uh, cornerback throwing up the, you know, incomplete symbol when he's been nowhere near a receiver who's just dropped a pass. Don't, oh, normally don't what you see, what you see them do that when they've just committed PI. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and I, I don't, I don't like that, but I think the way that the NFL is applying taunting as as a foul this year is is just bullshit like it's it's almost now you can just flip a coin to decide whether you want to say it's taunting or not because it happens so much that it's it's almost on every play so why bother like don't crack either crack down on it constantly or not at all my favorite can we contact can we do it can we crack down on it constantly can we also stop defenses celebrating when they get a pick or a the turnover, oh fuck <laughs> off! Is there anything more tiresome than the entire defense running potentially the length of the field? I would love it to if they their gave own the end zone game penalty <laughs> and just celebrating by having a little team photograph. It is the most bullshit thing in the whole of football. I'd be annoyed at a kids' football team doing that, let alone a group of grown adults. The best taunting this week, and I use the phrase loosely, was Jets, 17-0 down, forced a punt, and <laughs> there was a fair catch made, and one of the uh, guys defending that fair catch got done for taunting the guy who made the fair catch. And you're like, 
what have you got to taunt about? You're 17 mil down playing for the 0-3 Jets and they've just forced you to punt for the millionth time in the game. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Such an American sports thing. Gunners are people yeah. too. <laughs> um, just on that on that matchup this week, I've got real, uh, real worries about the Seahawks defense. I mean, the secondary is an absolute shambles, as we well know. Um, we shipped thirty odd points against the Titans, another thirty against the Vikings. Cousins went thirty of thirty eight for three hundred and twenty three yards and three touchdowns. Like. If you can't get pressure on Kirk Cousins and put him off his game, then you're struggling. And I think it's only going to get worse. I mean, we might be able to to hold the Niners and it might be a close game, which I think it'll probably be a close game. Um, Probably early, mid-20s, both teams. But coming after that, we've then got the Rams and that could be seriously seriously embarrassing on a short turnaround um this is for, this is what i'm saying about about that Thursday division you there's there's no margin for error right you know that the games like that titans game are going to come back they're yeah. going to be large that loss i oh, mate the way i look at it now um, the way we looked at it pre-season it pre-season and i gave a prediction about that what that division was going to look like I knew the Rams would be up there. I thought the Cardinals might. I thought the see. I don't. I didn't. I didn't see us being one and two. I keep using us. I didn't see us being one and two. The 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 Cardinals and the Rams are the top two in that division right now. Without without clearly. a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Clearly. And that, that that's why that that this game is even is even more important. I don't know. I'm not convinced by them. I'm not as convinced by the Cards as I am by the Rams. I want to see them play some more big teams i'm not saying they're not great well, i've enjoyed watching them even though divisional rival but i'm not where i don't know not sure on them yet we're gonna see from on a coaching Sunday, perspective we'll see yeah. On Sunday. yeah absolutely i can't wait game of, the, game of the weekend yeah um before we move into previewing week four um a word on the bengals two and one and they've won in Pittsburgh, which is something that it feels like they never do. And deservedly, they beat the Vikings in week one. Uh, I, I didn't really see them coming. I don't think I considered them as a a viable playoff team, and they're perhaps still not. Um, but things things look good. I mean, Jamar Chase looks a, a real, real fine for them. That's a good pairing of college quarterback and wide receiver who know each other well that's a really smart play to get him there so that so that, you know it's almost a comfort blanket hit, thing hit for the ground a running quarterback. yeah and and i like what they're doing at the Bengals. they've sort of they've taken advantage of being shit for a couple of seasons to really put some good good pieces in place there aside from entirely ignoring their offensive line yeah <laughs> well yeah but you can ignore you can you can sort of accuse probably two-thirds of the NFL of not really doing a good job on their offensive line. Yeah. The Bengals in this game had a really odd stat line, right? Joe Burrow was 14 of 18 for 172 yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Winston-esque. Yet Joe Mixon was... Well, yeah. Joe Mixon was 18 carries for 90 yards. 
it's like where did where did they go? They didn't go anywhere. <laughs> Yet they that, still me, scored twenty four points and won the game against the Steelers' defense. That is, you know, right up well, there with the best in the NFL. You've that, got to that, say, to so. is, that to me is Steelers just cannot help but turn over the ball this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agree. I, I don't know if Big Ben well, might be done. I, I mean, I don't want to. Conversely, so you, you realize the stat line that I just read. Conversely, Big Ben was 38 of 58. <laughs> right? 58. For, for 318 yeah. yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. What? 58 attempts, and he threw for just over 300 yards. Yeah. Fucking hell, that's awful. Ten Four, and 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 Harris was forty. They had two rushes all game for forty-five yards. Harris was fourteen carries, forty, and Big Ben was one carry for five. <laughs> that O line is so bad. There's an O line that's had no investment for years. Mate, and and Harris was four so he was 14 carries and 14 receptions for one and 102 and 14 carries for 40 then it was claypool who had nine and then it was mcleod schuster fryamuth washington i mean their receivers have taken a real hit i think um johnson's out for a little while as well isn't yep. he and um yep. they've got some injuries but jesus like <laughs> 38 of 58 for 318 yards when Burrow was 14. You talk about efficiency. You talk about just uh, points versus whatever. Like 14 of 18 for 172 and three touchdowns. And, and Mixon was 18 carries for 90 yards. Does It doesn't make any sense how they managed to get down the field. That's 8.4 <laughs> yards per completion. Like total... <laughs> so like bad. To- Total offense. I'm trying to work. So total offense of just play, playing like 260 to... odd yards because Burrow ran five times for seven yards and P Ryan was one carry for minus one. <laughs> so so they were 97 yards on the ground and 172 yards through I, the air. I, I, how many yards for penalties in this game? <laughs> That's a stat oh, line. That might there be... we go. Let's have a look. <laughs> Um, 162, 10 per side. Yeah, so yeah, 73 yards for the Steelers and 89 yards for the Bengals. I mean, a couple of big PIs can skew those sort of stats, can't they? But yes, the Steelers might finish bottom of that division. I think they will. Say they it now. definitely could. They're yeah. not, they just. Yeah, Big Ben does. I mean, he hasn't looked convincing for three years now, but he really looks like doddering old man confused at what's going on around him. <laughs> it's you see, you, you see it sometimes where I mean, maybe we're jumping the gun, but I don't think we are with this. Um, you, do you see it where they're just somebody's an institution, uh, a team? And they can't move on from him. He won't accept he's done. The team yeah. won't accept he's done. And you you earn that right to a certain extent by, you know, he's been he got drafted in 2004 and most of that time he's been prolific. And so you kind of, 
earn the right to go out on your own terms. But should you? You know, some somebody's got to say, "Hang on, this isn't working." It's the Eli Manning decline curve, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a it, very it looks good the same. But and I, I'm sure I, there's it, plenty Big of Ben was better before. than Eli. Oh yeah, I'm not saying, but it's the same curve. It's that, like the level of decline where you're just like, yeah, that is is fallen off a cliff, but no one's willing to tell him that it's fallen off a cliff. Mate, the Steelers were nine for nineteen on third down efficiency. <laughs> nine for nineteen. Oh, it's the fact that they've had nineteen third downs. Yeah, by itself. It it just well, seems like an absolutely mental game. That's not a terrible conversion rate, but well, it's... no, but like the fact that they had nineteen <laughs> yeah, yeah. third downs, <laughs> yeah, like they were they were in possession of the ball for thirty five minutes and twenty two seconds. That's that's a lot of incomplete passes, and a, that's a lot of plays. And... Just stopping, yeah, like you say, incomplete passes, stopping the clock. Was it a just... four hour game? I don't know. Five <laughs> <hours>. <laughs> Why are we even talking about it? I don't know. Let's move on to week four. (laughs) Before we do, I've got two things. The first one is I was deeply entertained by the Jameis accidental touchdown. Surely he was trying to throw that one away. It's just like a moon ball that looped to the back of the end zone. He just happened to get lucky with the receiver in the area who was taller than the uh, the DB. And also, we should definitely mention Lael Collins. Oh, <laughs> yes, we should. So, a suspension that's more lenient than had he just had a positive drugs test. Is that right? Yeah. But, or so trying to... to bribe the drugs test. Like, I can understand them giving a slightly more lenient one if he just missed a bunch of tests, but he actively tried to bribe them. Surely that should just be a season ban or two. Is, is this the equivalent of, like, you know, when you see on traffic cops? Where a guy <laughs> refuses to give a breath sample, and they right. say, "Well, you know, we no, think it's you, not. We think it's it's refusing to give a breath sample and trying to bribe the police." And then officer. trying to bribe the police officer at the time that you were when, when he's wearing one of those chest camera things. Yeah, <laughs> I saw some, someone said, I don't know if it was in our chat or somewhere else, that they were surprised that whoever it was didn't take the money. I'd like, I'd like to think that the NFL's a bit more squeaky clean than that. I, I, you know, I'm not entirely sure. I've forgotten who said that, but yeah, it's just I, like the whole thing's corrupt. But oh, just amazing! And the fact that he, the the league, the the NFL player union had managed to negotiate it down to two, and despite that, he still appealed and had it knocked back up to five. That's the best part of the story. <laughs> yeah, what some, about it? Something's not quite balanced somewhere, but uh, the, just the NFL, just when you think it can't, like you can't come up with something new to entertain you, there's that. Uh, uh, just, and it's clearly, it's a despicable thing to do, but I just loved it. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I just did. Um, okay. So there, oh, there was something else. There was something else. It, well, it might not come to me. There was a, you know, another example of idiocy, basically. Um, but, you know, it's everywhere. Right, week four, one sentence previews. Let's get into this. And Thursday Night Football will start in Cincinnati. Jacksonville at Cincinnati. 
Two teams who have started the season with very different trajectories. The Bengals looking like a team on the up while the Jags are imploding. Kansas City at Philadelphia. Pat Mahomes bounce back a clock. <laughs> Carolina at Dallas. Low-key, massive game in the 6 o'clock slate, as I said, really. Arguably the first real test for the 3-0 Panthers. Let's see how they can cope without CMC, though. New York Giants at New Orleans. I really don't know what to make of this New Orleans side at the moment. Fortunately, I know exactly what to think about the Giants. <laughs> Cleveland at Minnesota. Two weeks ago, I'd have said this was a comfortable Browns win, but the Vikings are looking like a team that will win the hard games and lose the easy ones again. Detroit at Chicago. This has got garbage tie game written all over it. 100%. Tennessee at New York Jets. The Titans will look to continue their recent good run of form by visiting New York and taking home the bacon. Houston at Buffalo. Don't don't overcomplicate this one. Buffalo are going to batter them. Indianapolis at Miami. Will Carson have any working body parts after this game? No. Washington at Atlanta. Washington's D looks worse than expected, but Atlanta look exactly as crap as expected, so I still expect Washington to win this one. Seattle at San Francisco. In this division, it feels like neither team can afford to lose these games, particularly the 1-2 and two Seahawks who really need to get back on track. Prediction from me? No earthly idea. Arizona at LA Rams. A massive NFC West clash between the two remaining unbeaten teams in the division. Can the upstart Cardinals best a seemingly superbound, uh, Super Bowl bound Rams? Wow, that's worse than worse than Russell's. <laughs> superbound, superbound bowl, bound bowl. Pittsburgh at Green Bay. We've just spent ten minutes bagging Big Ben. You know what's going to happen here, don't you? Away win. Also, can you tell I'm making these up on the fly? (laughs) (laughs) Baltimore at Denver. What's worse, 700 injured running backs or 700 injured wide receivers? Tune in on Sunday night to find out. (laughs) Tampa Bay at New England. Should be an easy win for Brady and Foxborough. What else is new? And finally, Las Vegas at LA Chargers. I, for one, am really excited by this game. This could be an absolute shootout between two of the, the really decent offences in the NFL. There we go. Week four previewed in impeccable detail. <laughs> <laughs> and flawlessly. <laughs> uh, what, we wouldn't want anything else, would you? Come on. That's the worst I've fluffed one of these for a while. I mean, yeah, I would say it's the worst one fluff since Russ earlier. <laughs> Good job you'll edit those, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> not, def- I'm not sure even if you could, even if you tried to, whether you'd be able to edit that to any kind of non-nonsense. Oh, Doug used to edit those back in the day, and we do them again. And it's a good oh, job the we don't standards have slipped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, I genuinely, get- I genuinely am excited to see what the, the cards can do against the Rams, though. And that that's a really massive game in the NFC generally. Yeah, I agree. And I I think the Rams will win, but it's it won't be straightforward. It's just and nice to have exciting. Monday night football without the NFC East being involved, to be honest. 
Oh, so that, no, that's that one's Sunday night. No, that one's no. Hold on, that's just just a regular game. Yeah, Sunday night football is Bucks at Patriots. Monday night is Raiders Chargers. Oh, well, I can't stand. I can't stand why <laughs> Bucks Patriots an important game. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. Here's here's a question, and I think I know the answer deep down. Are some Patriots fans going to boo Tom Brady? No. I don't think they will. I've seen some Twitter arguments about this. There's a bit of a storm with the Titans and Taylor Lewan getting booed after in week one, and which pissed me right off. Uh, but I, I don't. This is a very different scenario because the guy's not on their team. But you can't boo. You can't boo a guy who's <laughs> been that. I don't think that New England fans hold it against him for going to the Buccaneers. I well, think Rash, they maybe they hold... shouldn't. It wasn't his decision. Right. <laughs> I think it's... they maybe hold it against their front office, but I, I don't see them booing him. I can't see that happening. He's done too much for them. Maybe they boo Gronk instead. <laughs> Gronk and his three and a half remaining ribs. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was horrible. Oh, what about Josh Norman? Did you Oof. see that from Rappaport? So he didn't even look. It didn't even look that bad, and he was standing on the side of the field, like two minutes later. But I, I love the way the NFL reporters will write a tweet. <laughs> he he's bruised two lungs. He may have internal bleeding. Should be go to go Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he's it's inside. Today. That's where the blood's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Surely we all bleed on the inside, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. Josh Norman may be dead in a week, um, but I don't know, if a Derek Henry stiff arm didn't get him, this this won't. Though so he'll, he'll be fine. He'll right. be fine. <laughs> right, we've gone very long. Um, let's have uh, before any other business um, a very quick word from Mr. Patrick Jackson. Ugh, horrible! Oh, don't say that about the Jags. No. Things Pat hates. DraftKings Sportsbook. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yes. Season-long DFS. Isn't that basically what the sale is? Isn't that always DFS sale? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On constantly. I just never. I've just never done it. I don't. I don't. Anyway, I, I have. I did it when it was, it was a free game, and yeah, but no, I've never really done it. Anyway, any other business? Russell just imagine, Wilson. Just imagine if you'd won that, Adam, um, you could have you could have done a whole podcast about it. <laughs> Sorry, Russ. <laughs> news. Um, <laughs> news. I <laughs> thing is, I tend to use any other business up on Mallover, and most people that listen to this probably listen to more over i mean i, I you know maybe i think the venn diagram has a heavy intersection it, i would <laughs> i would imagine so and i don't what i don't want to, to talk about is um absolute eggs panic buying fuel but <laughs> there is a lot of there's a lot of conspiracies knocking about isn't there have you have you heard about the the the, the latest fuel conspiracies oh, so like, they're not what, like ambulances have to use regular filling stations. yeah well no so just around the things where actually you know because we were all at home uh, in lockdown for a large portion of the last 12 months there is a large amount of fuel that has a sell-by date or a use-by date. 
that they needed to that, that they didn't want to go to waste. So they've they've transpired or conspired to to sell all this fuel off really really quick. Oh my god! By amazing. creating mass hysteria. Um, they understand where fuel comes from, right? Yeah, but I mean, there's there's lots there's lots of stuff about it. Like, oh, then we're going to bring in the army to to mitigate fuel safety. I mean, I've seen videos of people having punch ups at petrol stations, and it just makes me laugh. Like everybody, pan- oh, panic buying fuel. Yeah, but okay. Well, the fuel stations are going to be really quiet in three days then because yeah, everybody exactly. everybody's got full tanks of fuel. Like it it's it is the most ridiculous of situations because you've got the government and and people telling well there's no fuel short there's no fuel shortage there's no driver shortage you've got the same amount of drivers that we had three four five weeks ago um but now the media are saying that there's a, a fuel shortage it's like it's like like the the level of comprehension in this country that will literally take something that the media says in dispatches and then jump all over it and create this absolute bedlam state that it just makes that like it makes no sense whatsoever and like if ever there was a if ever there was a exact an example of how strongly the media controls this country it's this yeah. Right. And that is the main point of what I'm trying to say. Stop listening to everything the media say and just explore yourself a little bit, you fucking lemmings. <laughs> I I want to say one thing on this. In fact, I forgo my any other business to say this. It's it's nothing to do with the media. This is uh sort of on Twitter and WhatsApp groups I'm in and just people I know. And I reckon I must have had sort of 20 examples of this where basically somebody says kind of what you've just said and has a go at people panic buying fuel and passes judgment on everybody else while telling at the same time telling me how they found petrol in one of these queues for themselves um, in their in the middle of their anecdote saying, yeah. well, I, I have to go to uh, up north next week, so I needed it. No, you need it next. You need it next week. Next week, normally you're part of the problem. You more. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I mean, and and most modern cars will tell you exactly how many miles, roughly, that you've got left in your tank. I've had about a hundred. I've had a hundred miles in my tank. I've got four. I've got a hundred. Um, since the weekend, and I thought to myself, I could, you know, in in some normal circumstances, I might just go and go and fill up or top up. But I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm not going anywhere for the next God knows how long. I've not got anything planned. So I've got no reason to go and buy fuel. Like, but people, but there are people out there in the same situation as me that will walk their dog and they'll they'll take their dog in a car five miles up the road with a hundred miles in their tank. Oh, I'm running out. And that's why there are two people in, two types of people in this world. They're the people that go, the red light warriors that will go, oh, I've got another 10 miles in there yet. No problem. <laughs> and there are the people that get below half a tank and go, oh, need to fill up to bursting. So I'm, I could, I don't care about this shit. Most, mostly other than the same stuff that you've already said, Russ, which is people are fucking idiots and they shouldn't be sheep, but they are sheep. 
the one thing that's annoying me is because I didn't bother filling up when I got back from my last trip to go and see the parents a couple of weeks ago and the car's just been sat there. I now have a quarter of a tank of petrol and I'm supposed to be going and seeing this weekend. And if this carries on to like Thursday or Friday, I probably won't get to because I don't know if I leave Bristol and start driving that way, how far I'll get and whether I'll find a, a petrol station on the way. So thanks, you fucking idiots. Yeah, you'll be, but you'll be fine. Like, well, I, if you I need, expect if you need so. petrol, you'll be able to find it by Thursday. I'd imagine it will be back to normal because everyone that's got fuel uh, full tank will have. If, if full you tank live in Hertfordshire and you need petrol at any time since about Friday, you won't have been able to get it anywhere. Right, and I think Bristol's not great at the moment, but there are some around. So I, it just it annoys me that shit that I want to do that would be perfectly reasonable otherwise might get cancelled. And I like my parents and I haven't been able to see them that much. So fuck you all. Anyway, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> Wasn't expecting to get quite as angry and ranty. Um, do you want to talk about anything else? Or are, we, are we all going to talk about petrol? No, I've got a good one, um, which is the opposite of petrol related because I've seen a few uh, electric car owners being a little bit smug, smug cunts. last week. Fuck off, smug cunts. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I was expecting it, but I haven't No, seen there's it. been a bit of smugness there, but I'm not going to talk about electric cars. I want to talk about e-scooters because e-scooters can fuck off, for starters. The, the ones that you have to use an app to rent and you can buzz them around cities and it's normally, you know, six, seven o'clock on a Saturday evening with drunk people buzzing around with two of them on there one on the back and one trying to steer the fucking thing last week there were a bunch of idiots riding them on the m32 down <laughs> bristol what the fuck are people thinking honestly someone's gonna get killed on them and i'm actually gonna fingers celebrate. crossed yeah you got hope. <laughs> that that reminds me of the welsh rugby players what team was it Russ? And, and, no the, it was wales it was andy cart. powell andy powell yeah uh, <laughs> Celtic Manor, I think it was. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pat, any other business? I'm just going to do a couple of quick shout-outs, if I may. Uh, Tom Grossi has started his NFC, AFC West um, kind of reaction videos where he's got a character who's a fan of each team in like a big brother-type house. Oh, that, they're, those are, uh, they're poor choices of divisions this time because they're both doing pretty well in general. You, you want to see... Bad football box. No, I'm the sure rivalry is leading to some quite anyway. good banter. Anyway, it's 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 yeah. a good series. It's well worth checking out. Tom Grossi comedy on YouTube. Um, and yeah, I'm enjoying that. You said a couple of shout outs. Oh, I did. Uh, the other one was um, a podcast I've been listening to with many true nerds, Nerd Cubed and Matophobia. They had like a three year hiatus and they've just come back. Sort of loosely video game related but not strictly specifically i would say the first one was like an hour and 20 minutes and about 50 minutes of that was computer games and the rest of it was just them chatting shit it was good fun sounds sounds a bit like us yeah <laughs> there we go um i yeah yeah petrol probably covers what i had to say. Oh, I, I watched for the first time it's i'm forever doing this Breaking Bad a few months back. Um, I'm just late to the party with everything, but I watched Ted Lasso for the first time starting last night. Um, and it is, as everybody who's watched it has said, absolutely excellent. Um, so I'm going to enjoy continuing with that. There you go. 
And Rich is gone already, by the looks of it. I'm staring at an empty mic. Um, but Pat and Russ, it's been nice chatting to you at least. It's been a pleasure, Adam. Thanks for sorting us out. Yeah, it's been all right. Thanks. Yeah. All good. Um, yeah, should we do it again? Same time next week? Hopefully. Could do. Yeah, let's do it. Enjoy. Uh, best of luck getting petrol. Enjoy the rest of your uh, your week and week four. Bye for now. Cheers. Cheers. Well over a litre of liquid since we started this podcast. (laughs) I should have gone when I went to get a beer.